So, um, yeah, the opportunity representation exposure. Um, it was just one, uh, growing up where we grew up at, um, we didn't have the opportunity, as I said before, like, um, I didn't have the opportunity to learn about finances, money, things like that. Um, I wasn't taught. I didn't have people that I could reach out to. I can find these things. So the opportunity lacks in the community that we grew up in um, and in the school system that we are in. Um, so due to the school system, and the way it's built and due to where um, predominantly most black people are, um, like housing and areas, we don't have the opportunity to, to find certain things or get to certain things. Um, and so the opportunity thing was like, let's, let's create this opportunity. And what it does is it allows kids to basically find the financial freedom that they need at a young age, or just the creativity and ideas that they need for when they get older. Um, and then that goes into the representation part. The representation part is like, uh, we sat down and asked the kids, what do they want to be? And out of all the kids, we got engineer, nurse, uh, we got, um, a psychologist, strength coaches. We did the same thing about three weeks later and over 50% of those kids changed their mind and said, Hey, I want to own my own gym. And it was just cool to see because they see me like owning my own gym, running my own businesses and doing things. And it started to get them to a point where they were like, I want to do that because of the representation they see. And because they have the opportunity to be directly in touch with me. Hi, my name is Scott Schweitzer and I am the Clydesdale. My friends Amy Rudowski, Charlie Yodi, Kat Shear love fitness as a sport as much as I do. We are all 40 plus Masters Age athletes who give all we have to lead a healthy, active life. We also want to bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news surrounding the sport of fitness. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a five-star rating and writing a review. We are also available with full video on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast, as well as all traditional podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Clydesdale underscore fitness and friends. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. Hi, and thanks for tuning in. I wanted to remind you of our Road to 1,000 Subscribers giveaway that we have going on our YouTube channel. If you subscribe and have a public profile, you'll be entered to win a free RX Smart Gear original jump rope. You'll get to pick the pattern of the handles, the color and weight of the cable, and you'll be getting one of the best-selling, best-performing jump ropes out there. Every time we hit a new century mark with the number of subscribers to our channel, we'll randomly select a new winner. And our friend Dave Newman is going to throw in a little something extra for each winner. So a special thanks to our sponsor, RX Smart Gear, to Dave Newman for being such a great partner, and to you for being a loyal listener. Good luck, and I hope you are our next winner. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I am the Clydesdale. I am your host, and we love to do fitness, and these are my friends. And so tonight, we have special guests uh, we have Patrick, Patrick Ford, and Easy Muhammad uh, from Project Onyx, and we're so excited to have them. This is something that they've just kind of started, and we want to learn a ton about that. And, and first, I, I want to talk about Patrick. You are a doctor of physical therapy? Yes, sir. And you were a cyclone at Iowa State? Yes, I was. 
it, have you always been in Iowa or did you migrate there and then just end up staying? Yeah. So I, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. Um, my brother ended up attending Iowa State before me and that's what exposed me to, to Iowa State and uh, the Cyclones and everything they had to offer. Um, then I met my wife and the rest is history. And you, you have kids? Uh, one daughter. One daughter. Yeah. yeah. Same here. And then we have Easy Muhammad. Uh, we're kind of a CrossFit podcast, so our listeners probably know who he is. Two-time games qualifier, uh, Columbus native, Beechcroft stud, and then <laughs> uh, and he ended up going to Tennessee Tech to play basketball, where he eventually became the strength and conditioning coach. And and then you, how did you get to Iowa? Um, yeah, so uh, my mother-in-law is in Iowa, and so. Uh, we have four kids and we were just like, we got to get around some family, man. So uh, we just packed it up and came to Iowa to be closer to her. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You need help with four. I have trouble with one. <laughs> so, so you guys um, kind of came together. Did you guys know each other before you, you came together for project Onyx? We had lived around the corner from each other. Um, I I moved to Ankeny, Iowa, which is pretty much right in the middle of Iowa uh, after grad school with my wife. And um, I saw this dude just hanging out, getting some workouts in. I thought it was just some athlete, maybe an Iowa State athlete or something. Then went past his house and realized he was Elijah Muhammad. And that was kind of like where, where uh, the connection sparked. And then did you guys just become fast friends after that? Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. When we started kind of uh, talking and, and theorizing about what Project Onyx was going to be, we connected immediately. Uh, the first conversation we had was about Project Onyx um, and the idea of it. And we talked for three hours the first time that we ever sat down and had a one on one. So, uh, yeah, it, it just ended up working out great. That's awesome. And then so I read on your on your website that the George Floyd incident and other acts of police brutality are kind of what set this thing in motion. Yeah. Um, so we had both already in our lives, just, we didn't even know each other, but um, just being, you know, young black men, just being black in general, you just, it, it weighs on you. It weighs on everyone pretty much. Everyone that pretty much has a heart and uh, has seen these things happen. Um, so I guess just through it weighing on us year after year, time after time, incident after incident, um, God placed us together. And uh, it was the incident of George Floyd, the murder of George Floyd, that kind of made Patrick just say, okay, like, what, what am I doing? What can I do? Or what should I be doing? And at that time, I was thinking the same thing. And um, I was just like, I don't, like, I know what to do, but like, I don't know, like, I got to take care of my family. I got a lot of things on my plate. Like, do I really have time to, you know, pick up you know, more and do more. And um, that was just always the hard part for me, actually just going, just doing it. And when Patrick came over, he was like, man, I got this idea. And I think, you know, I, I really would love your support. And I just told him, like, I'm all in. I am. Once he kind of brainstormed and we started chatting about it when we were in the house and the different ideas and what we can do, the different structures, I was just like, bro, we are perfect for each other. It's like, we're like, we're like a match, bro. Like, let's, let's do it. And I was just like, I'm all in. And so um, 
I asked him just to keep his foot on the gas, man. I said, just don't let up. Keep your foot on the gas. I'll do my part um, in promoting it, marketing it, growing it, building it, funding it, whatever whatever you say my part is versus what your part is. Just keep your foot on the gas and, um, you know, I'll do the same. And literally that's all we've done. Uh, we've made it a, a huge priority of ours to continue to grow Project Onyx and work with these um, these teenage boys and these the, the youth that we have in our program. So growing up, what what obstacles did you guys have to overcome that you see you you need to help the youth with today? And did you have mentors in place while you were coming up that did that helped you with that then? Yeah, this is uh, I think this is such a great point for both of us to touch on because we had pretty different lives as far as like the demographics that we grew up with. I grew up in white suburbia of Chicago. Like there's not a lot of black people uh, around. Um, I'm a biracial black American and the family that I grew up around was white Americans. All my friends were white. I had a few black friends, but a lot of it was kind of just even understanding where I fit into all of that and discovering some of my uh, black culture only with like me and my siblings. That was kind of like our network to figure out what it meant to be who we were. Um, and then kind of pursuing health and fitness in my life, there, there wasn't anybody that was doing that that was a person of color. And we both talk about this so much, but just a lack of representation and a lack of guidance by somebody who had mutual experience from us in this field of health and fitness was such a huge part of uh, something that we had to overcome to to get into it. And Elijah will speak on his experience kind of getting into CrossFit and all of that stuff. But I've had great mentors uh, in, in physical therapy and they've taught me so much about how to be a good physical therapist, but none of them were capable or able to tell me about how to navigate the world as a black American uh, trying to get into this field where I think maybe three to 4% of our, our profession is African-American. So, uh, yeah, just, just trying to overcome that representation and setting yourself as the example for, for people to come after you and do the same thing. So. And, uh, for me, it was a total opposite, you know, like I had very, very limited touch, um, to, um, white ethnicity like it was predominantly grew up in um columbus ohio uh since you guys are from columbus you know the mount vernon area uh, on the east side uh toward downtown and um you know not far from between broad street and um it was it was just a rough neighborhood it was what you would call the ghetto um so there weren't many white people around um my mother is an islamic woman um and i was raised under the nation of islam or um those teachings and um, I was actually raised in the church, but, you know, just a lot of teachings from both. Um, so I had a lot of mentors through sports. Um, as you said, Beechcroft High School, you know, I was one of the uh, top tier athletes more so in my day in Columbus, Ohio. So um, just being a, a big name around the city, you, you get a lot of people that want to reach out, that want to support, want to help. Along with that, I had a huge um, support system in my church uh, with my mother and um and everyone that, you know, was in my church. So I had a lot of mentors that could support me and help me and guide me and um, just keep my head straight. Um, so it wasn't until I got to Tennessee Tech to where I was kind of like, 
this is different because um, it's Tennessee Tech was a predominantly white school and um, the only black people you saw was athletes pretty much, you know, or, you know, a lot of biracial. That's when I was kind of introduced to a lot of biracial kids and people and stuff like that. And um, yeah, so as I got into that space, um, I got into CrossFit through college and um, I was just like, I fell in love with it. And I mean, quickly saw that. I mean, of course I was able to see that, oh man, there's not many black people that do CrossFit. There's not many black people in the sport at all. Um, and so uh, you just kind of, for me, it was just find the one. All I need is to, I just need to see the one and I'm good. And if there is none, then I'll just kind of be the one. Like, you know, like I'll just tell myself like, all right, well you, you be the representation. Um, never, never uncomfortable to, to be the outsider or the outlier or whatever, you know, it never makes me feel uncomfortable. So um, that was like my first experience, um, just kind of in a more diverse area or more predominantly white area. Um, mentors were great, but when I got into CrossFit, I just didn't see that representation. And um, it wasn't in the forefront of me doing CrossFit. So even though I didn't see the representation, it wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna be the representation. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand firm and be, it was just kind of like, I love CrossFit. Like I love training. I love pushing my body. I love what it does to me mentally. I started getting bigger. So it was more of those things. And then when I did see, you know, that black representation, I was just kind of like, oh, you know, let me come give you a hug or let me show you some love. Cause you know, it's, it's not many of us that are here. Um, but that's kind of my experience. And I had a lot of mentors and the only difference that my mentors that I would say growing up is that um, as I got older and became in a CrossFit, which is a predominantly white space, I started getting more an understanding of, you know, the capitalistic world um, that we live in and, you know, finances and money and things like that, um, which I was never taught as a kid or no one ever, you, know, you just don't have that. You, you don't have those resources, that information. So as I got into it, it was just kind of like, man, like I had a lot of mentors, but like no one was grooming me to financially make money or, you know, have wealth or own a house or, you know, build a business. Like it was just kind of like, people telling you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that. And that's where I was like, okay, in Project Onyx, we got to do something different. It can't just be me lecturing the kids. So for those of our like listeners and viewers who may not be familiar with Project Onyx, can you give us a little brief description about what, what, the, what it is and what the program is? Yeah, Patrick. Yeah, yeah. So uh, essentially our, our founding mission is to eliminate uh, health and fitness disparities in the Black, Indigenous, people of color community uh, across the, the U.S. And this includes just uh, getting rid of all the barriers that we see that impede somebody from engaging in healthy behaviors or a healthy lifestyle or in fitness. Um, and a lot of this was developed out of our research on what these disparities look like. And then the events that were happening in the CrossFit world as well um, this past summer. So we just kind of got together and we said, we, we need to really work on helping improve representation and giving uh, our future professionals uh, the teenagers that we're working with, somebody that looks like them, that understands their experience and that can show them like, whatever you want to do, you can do it. But a big thing that might limit their motivation to get into it is seeing somebody that is already doing it. Um, 
Elijah is a bit of an outlier where he's like, well, if I don't see somebody, I'm going to like, I'll be the thing. I had a little bit in that in myself too, but that's not always how it works out. Um, So representation is huge for us in teaching them about health, teaching them how to empower themselves and become more independent. Um, But we're also just focused on like the big picture, like how do we spread this type of culture across the entire US to different CrossFit or fitness spaces? How do we get healthcare providers to know more about the racial disparities and to know what they can do to make a difference? Right, and then just educating our our communities in general and giving back to them. Um, So a big part of what everyone is seeing on our Instagram, if you go to uh, Project Onyx DSM on Instagram, you'll see a bunch of teenagers working out and getting some fitness on. Um, We're working on our mentorship program, which is gonna start in a couple of weeks. Uh, so we have some really exciting things going on, but, but we just want to, we just want to see more people of color in these spaces. And we want to see all of us, you know, just being more integrated in each other's lives and having more exposure and, and more proximity to each other. That's such a huge part for us. And your, your mentorship program is broken into two different types, right? There's the dreamers yep. and there's the uh, future professionals program. Yep. And so what's the difference between the two? Yeah, so our Dreamers program is really for any kid that's, you know, uh, just sitting in their high school class and they're starting to think about the things that they want to do. And that list tends to be long for a lot of our kids because a lot of them are uh, very ambitious, which is great. They want to be personal trainers. They see easy doing a strength coaching. They want to be coaches. Uh, a lot of them are in athletics. Maybe they want to be sports coaches or they're learning more about their nutrition and how that helps them become an athlete. So they want to be nutritionist. And now they're getting exposure to me as a physical therapist and maybe they want to do rehab. Or we have a kid that's in, interested in nursing. We have another one that wants to do psychology. So a lot of these are health and fitness professions um, that they're interested in that we want to just give them a little bit of exposure, a little bit of guidance on what it looks like um, to have them have a better understanding moving into uh, either college or some type of certification process that will get them to that next step. So it's really just exposing them to it and giving them the first step into the door of what that world looks like. And in the future professionals, is that an extension of that to to go a little bit further? Exactly. So the next step would be looking at those who are already pursuing these fields and giving them extra guidance on what they need to do exactly to have success, whether it's build your own business doing the thing you want to do, navigating the space as a person of color, um, and learning more about how to be an effective uh, professional in your space. If it's strength and conditioning, teach you more about programming and how to modify programming and how to manage clientele. Uh, if you're a nurse, then it's understanding how do you be efficient with your time? How do you be efficient with your documentation? How do you ensure that you're giving the most effective treatment to the people that you're seeing? Um, so really it's catered to the individual, what they need, as well as the level that they're uh, dedicated to their profession. Um, and the big part of this that we wanted to do was have different levels, right? So that if we can get all three of these things going at the same time, a whole network of professionals in these fields, we have the next level of those who are currently pursuing them. And then our dreamers that want to get into them, we could have a bunch of different experience across 
age ranges and experience ranges that uh, can all help each other uh, just get more connected with each other and, and really um, groom the next uh, group of people that are, are going to take over our roles. So. so my next question for you is the, actually about the mentors themselves. How has it been trying to procure mentors uh, to, to carry out the program? Yeah, it's been um, really interesting and really inspiring because we put out a post a couple of weeks ago that said that we needed mentors. And in the first, I want to say 24 hours, we probably had 12 to 20 people uh, reach out to us on Instagram from across the U.S., a few local, um, and a wide variety. And that's been really great. We want to expand that that network even more. We only have a few kids in this first cohort. Um which will uh, limit the amount of mentors that can actually participate. But it's been so great mm. to see how many people want to contribute and want to give back. And we just kind of solicited out to anybody that consider themselves a health and fitness professional. We want you to be on board. Uh, we sent them a long email that I took too much time to, to write up and uh, kind of just laid out what the mentorship program looks like for our dreamers program. When I also noticed on your website, you have four core values of your mentorship program and I love them. And so I'll, I'll read them out and you can explain them as we go. Uh, the first one is opportunity, representation and exposure. Yeah, yeah. Um, easy. I know I did a lot of this stuff, but you, you know all about that opportunity, representation, exposure. Yeah. So. So, um, yeah, the opportunity, representation, exposure, um, it was just one, uh, growing up where we grew up at, um, we didn't have the opportunity, as I said before, like, um, I didn't have the opportunity to learn about finances, money, things like that. Um, I wasn't taught, I didn't have people that I could reach out to, I can find these things. So the opportunity lacks in the community that we grew up in, um, and in the school system that we are in. Um, so due to the school system, the way it's built and due to where, um, predominantly most black people are um, like housing in areas, we don't have the opportunity to, to find certain things or get to certain things. Um, and so the opportunity thing was like, let's, let's create this opportunity. And what it does is it allows kids to basically find the financial freedom that they need at a young age, or just the creativity and ideas that they need for when they get older. Um, and then that goes into the representation part. The representation part is like uh, we sat down and asked the kids, what do they want to be? And out of all the kids, we got engineer, nurse, uh, we got um, a psychologist, strength coaches. We did the same thing about three weeks later. And over 50 percent of those kids changed their mind and said, hey, I want to own my own gym. And it was just cool to see because they see me like owning my own gym running my own businesses and doing things. And it started to get them to a point where they were like, I want to do that because of the representation they see and because they have the opportunity to be directly in touch with me. Um, and so we just want to create more representation, wherever that field may be, wherever it may be. Um, so as Patrick was talking about with the mentorship thing, um, we're going out and using our resources to find people in certain fields so that they can communicate with our Project Onyx kids whether it be here, whether it be in another city state, just so that they can have someone that they can follow on Instagram or communicate with regularly, or we're going to set up calls where, hey, you got to meet with this person. 
you know, once a week and clock hours and talk to them about what they do and how you're going to get there and how you're going to achieve that and just getting them the representation that they need to see so they can pursue what they want. As Patrick said before, like I'm an outlier. I don't really like if no one's doing it, I'm game. I'll do it. Like if, if I don't see anyone, that's OK. Like I'll, I'll stand. I'll stand front. Um, and I don't mind doing that. Um, but everyone's not like that. And you wonder why you get a huge group of kids that are like, Hey, I want to make it to the NBA or I want to be a professional football player or, Hey, you know what? I'm going to be a rapper or I'm going to be, it's because the pool of African-American and black people in those areas are so huge. So it's like, I see that representation. So that's maybe, that's maybe all I got. Maybe that's all I can go do. And that's why you have that pool of people. Um, so we're just trying to create that representation across the board and directly in the fitness industry. Um, uh, Cause that's where we're at right now. And that's where we have the most connections to. I'm curious if you guys have um, created, I know things right now are probably kind of crazy just because of COVID, but have you guys created any kind of partnerships with any kind of, you know, maybe some local businesses or make, maybe some schools in order to incorporate some more of that representation for maybe some of those some some of those outlying fields that is not inclusive into necessarily fitness yeah we um right now i just had a, a lady it was so funny because I, I messaged patrick and i said hey we need to get with someone that's in the des moines public schools like we need to find someone and he was just like yeah i know i was thinking the same thing and i was like you know what i'm on it I'll, I'll find someone you know and uh literally like three days later a lady walks in my gym she's a a teacher in des moines public schools um, young black lady. And, uh, I was just like, gosh, God, that was easy. Like that was, <laughs> you know, that was awesome. So, um, yes, we are, uh, we are reaching out and people nearby and local, local businesses and stuff like that, trying to communicate and start stuff with, uh, them. Um, it's just, like I said, it's right now it's me and Patrick. Um, we have uh, two other people on the board. So it's just really hard to manage everything. Patrick has his job, his business, his family. I have the same thing. So right now we're trying to do that, but yeah, we're, we are on that route of finding local people that we can communicate, get work with, and that can kind of assist the kids and, you know, that representation part of, you know, different businesses outside of fitness. So I want to touch on the second core value, and that is that knowledge is power. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, just straight up, right? Like yeah. the more knowledge we can give them about anything in life, gives them power to take control, right? Like easy said, like, and it was the same for me. Nobody taught me finances. Nobody taught me <clears throat> which student loans were the ones I should take out. How am I gonna manage my student loans? How am I going to buy a house? How am I gonna afford my family? And my, nobody taught me any of that stuff. And you just learn it off the cuff. But giving them the example of these people that are managing these situations and telling them like, this is how I'm doing it. This is the way I know how to do it. It's working out like you have more knowledge. If we don't know it, we're going to go find people that have that knowledge for you so that they can teach you. And taking care of your health and taking control of your health is so much a game of knowledge. And yeah, like uh, having accurate knowledge is so important, too. Uh, um, uh, it was a post not too long ago, and it, it made me laugh because I was just like, uh, I was telling a friend of mine a long time ago and um, I was basically like, Hey, like, I don't need you to give me anything. Just tell me what, you know, if you know something, and you don't think I know it, tell me or teach me it. And this was around a time where I was like really trying to grow in CrossFit and get like, 
you know, become a better coach. I was already a strength and conditioning coach, but I just wanted to excel in coaching and giving information and taking care of people. And um, I was like, man, I don't need anything. But if you know something that, that I don't know or you think I don't know, I need that information. I need to be a better coach. I need everything. And so um, it was a post on social media and it said, uh, would you rather get $500,000 from Bill Gates or have 24 hours with him? um to learn about what he does and i was just sitting there like give me the 24 hours bro just just give me like the and when i sat down and thought about it i was like man like but if i got the five hundred thousand dollars i can do this but if i got the information i can do this so it was just this tug of war game where it was like five hundred thousand dollars i can invest in this i can do this but it was just like but what if i had the five hundred thousand dollars i did not know what to do with it i didn't you know, I was, I was young and I was just like, man, I got $500,000. I'm going to buy this and buy that and buy that. And then boom, it's gone. And now I got to manage all of these things with no knowledge of how to do it. And so I was just sitting down and I was like, man, like it's so crazy that where we grew up at, like that's literally like the world of where I grew up at, where it's just like, man, I get this lump sum of money or I get my money. And it's just like, you know, and you just see it all the time with simple things like tax returns. It's like, oh, I got my taxes back. And it's just like gone weeks, months, it's gone. You didn't, you did nothing that you were supposed to do with that money. And uh, it just goes back to that knowledge is power, man. If you just have that knowledge base of how to do certain things the proper way, whether it be manage money, coach classes, or obtain a career or a job, open a business, anything, that is, that is longevity. You always got that. You can always lean back on that. You can always fall back on that. You can always figure things out. Um, so that knowledge is power is huge. And that's what we try to teach the kids where it's just like, you got it, like, more information you got, the better off you can be. Um, and like Mike Patrick said, you know, correct and good information. And having the access to knowledge, like knowing that you have somebody that you can go to to give you that knowledge is such a huge part too. It's like, man, I need to know more about this. I can Google it, but how do I find somebody that can just teach me about this stuff? It's like, we can just gather a huge network of people that is your knowledge that you can just access whenever you need it. So that's just huge for us. So the third core value is empathy and compassion. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, go for Uh, it easy. Man, this is huge, man. Um, Especially in the world we're living in right now and what's been going on. Um, I've had a lot of uncomfortable conversations through social media. Um, I've had a lot of rough conversations and I, I purposefully opened opened up for that space to be as open as possible. Talk about race, talk about whatever you want, talk about how this cop is right, or, you know, this person was wrong, Ex- express how you feel. And at the end of it, it was just like, you have zero compassion about what is going on or what's happening to someone, regardless of their color. And so um, that is something where it's just like, I think that the sympathy and compassion is just basically like, understanding perspective and if you have a clear understanding that everyone has a different perspective everyone is drastically different everyone is raised different different religions you know maybe different traumas different like once you start getting that you can be compassionate with people because you understand that they're only functioning based off of what they've learned what they've been introduced to or what has happened to them in their life so therefore i can't hold it against you and i feel like that is something that we want to make sure the kids understand where it's just like um, we had a really, really tough conversation with some kids. I'll explain 
and they just felt a certain way um, about police. And I was explaining to them, I was like, you, you can't just pull police. Like as, as much as you, we want to, how would you feel if someone said all black people or all CrossFitters or all CrossFit gyms or all physical therapists or like, you can't just pull them. And basically people are functioning off of what they think is right and how they process things or what has happened to them. And so um, it was just that they had no empathy for that side of things. And I was like, I understand your hurt. I understand your feelings, but like, this is the part that we got to try to work on. And we got to try to see a better perspective. You know, completely wrong. Yes. Um, uh, the incidents that they were, we were talking about that happened, but it was just giving them a better understanding that it's like, once you start understanding perspective, you then can empathize with people because it's just like, you're only functioning based off of what has happened in your life. And I think this is a huge part of growth in general. And what it does to me, it allows me to just say, Hey, like, you know, I feel for you, you know, keep going. And it allows me to kind of just continue to move forward in my path without feeling that rage or anger too much or lashing out. Um, and so this is something we try to talk to the kids about and just how to navigate their feelings because along with this, they are getting a lot of information really fast. So like with social media and technology, like, like you, it's, it's easy to get angry because like the way these algorithms work, if you're looking for something, they're going to give you more of it. Um, and so it, it's just, it was something where it was just like, man, like people just don't have enough of it. Like people don't, they don't have enough of it. Like they don't want to see that side. They don't want to open up their perspective to be like, Hey, like, like I asked a couple of people, it's like, have you ever been poor? It's like, no. And this was in my gym where my members were talking about politics. It's like, have you ever been poor? It's like, no. It's like, have you ever been on like welfare section eight, anything like that? It's like, no. It's like, what about your parents? It's like, no. It's like, well, you struggle. Your, your dad had to walk miles to work and whatever, whatever. But I was like, have you ever sat in your house with the lights off? no power, no electricity for maybe a week or maybe a couple of days. They're like, no, it's like, well then empathize with the person that's telling you their situation and their problem and why they feel like the world is against them and they can't function and they can't make it out or they can't like, it's not just the process of, oh, we just need to work hard. It's like this person dealing with something that you've never experienced. Just empathize with them, encourage them and keep it moving. And so it was just things like that where it just comes with perspective. Um, based off of where you've been in life and stuff like that. And we try to make sure the kids are understanding that so that they can empathize with a lot of the people that they're maybe in school with, or they bump into somewhere else um, and just kind of give them a better perspective in a, in a younger age um, so that they can, you know, keep level-headed, stay calm and cool and, you know, you know, stay the course of how they need to be moving. I love that you say that. And, and I think just, you know, when thinking about, um, the empathy in, in that aspect, I think that many of us might have a hard time with that perspective taking because it's uncomfortable, right? We don't like those uncomfortable feelings because when I try to take someone's perspective, oh, I don't, I don't like that. So I might avoid it um, instead of, you know, even as adults where we're older, we might have more tools on how to handle the emotional aspects of empathy and, and perspective taking. But a lot of our youth don't have some of those tools yet on how to handle those uncomfortable feelings. So yeah, like, we, we can talk about those uncomfortable things, but we need to learn those tools too. So I think that that's great that that's a, 
important core value for you guys. And not even that, but like um, with the, like, you gotta remember these are, these are teenagers. So like, mm -hmm. even if you have the tools, you still can't make the changes. Like you still live at home with mom and dad. You can't, like you can't move a certain way. And so these things really affect you as a teenager because it's like, that's what's gonna produce who's about to come into the adulthood. Um, you know, simple things of like, just like we had talked about it one time where it was just like, um, just imagine uh, a police officer that has been traumatized as a teenager, as a kid, homeless, been beat, whatever, things have happened to him. And then all of a sudden he's an adult. He goes to the military, he comes out the military after seeing, you know, whatever. And then he goes into the police force and now he has a gun and a badge and authority and he can act and behave in ways that he's always wanted to, but he couldn't like he could defend people because his mom got beat up and he wanted to defend her, but he was a kid. And now he has this power. So it's just like, you got to remember, like everyone has trauma. And so as you get older, we're trying to teach these perspectives now so you can empathize with people and, and keep yourself calm. Just knowing like this person may have something bigger than what I can see. And, and that's what I think is crucial for just a young adult to be able to know like, hey, I'm gonna just be optimistic. I, I can empathize with you. I can be optimistic. I can I can stay positive. I don't have to rage. I don't have to get angry. I don't have to react. I can process my feelings and and just letting them express that to us so that we can teach them and work with them more. And we do that every day before class. We have these discussions every day before class where it's just like, let it out. Like, give me, like, what's, what's going on? What's happening? Like, tell me, how did you handle it? Did anything crazy happen this week or what's going on? And um, of course, if it gets personal, we talk to them one-on-one -on -one or we connect with them one-on-one, -on -one, but um, just grooming them and teaching them so that, you know, they can navigate the world in, in a way where it doesn't always have to be, I'm angry or I'm, I'm mad or, you know, I'm just non-responsive and I don't feel and I'm numb and, it's just a lot that goes on there. Mm -hmm. And your last core value is kind of an extension of that as well. And it is understanding the how and why. Yeah. Um, this has been super important for me growing first as like a professional and a physical therapist, but then navigating all this racial tension that has built up and just understanding more how things happen, why they happen. Um, I think this is really important to, to provide a good service to somebody, right? We're not just giving them some surface level product that we think is gonna work. We understand the details of all of it, right? We understand exactly how it's going to work. We know why we're deciding to do these things. How is it gonna help you? Like, what are the benefits of this specific thing? It's the same thing navigating these types of conversations, right? Like, how do we even get here in the first place? Why are we even talking about this? Like, these are questions that, that you need to be asking constantly so that you can continue to find that knowledge and that information that will help you navigate. So for these kids um, and young adults that are trying to get into these health and fitness spaces, it's like, okay, you want to be a physical therapist, and you see maybe uh, a physical therapist on TV giving some type of treatment, like uh, a massage, something like that. 
and then I'll look at that and I'll be like, all right, uh, why are they doing that massage? Oh, to make their pain go away. Okay, well, how is it doing that? And then it's like, oh, well, <laughs> it, it kind of stops there, right? Because like they don't, they don't have that information. It's like, okay, do you want to do this stuff? Like, let's take these examples and understand them even better so we can know what is the exact way that that we want to act when we're in this profession, right? Easy is not just prescribing uh, back squats and then a row plus a burpee workout for no reason. It's like, well, like, why are we deciding to do it in this order, right? Why are we choosing these reps and sets and this percentage of our one rep max? Like, why are we choosing this distance? How is this going to make me a better athlete or make me more fit? Like why this combination? There's so many different questions that we can ask that can get them more interested in what they're doing. And that's just from a professional standpoint and then just navigating into their own personal, emotional and mental health. Uh, I think it's just an extension of our program. Um, it's like, how are we gonna handle these conversations? Like, how are you handling the challenges in your life right now? Like. Why do you think we're going through these things? Like, why do you think we even talk about this stuff in the first place? Like, we could bring them in and we could say things to them, but the, <laughs> such a huge benefit for me, and I know it's the same for Easy too, is like when I can shut up and just listen to them talk, I learn so much more about them. And I know, I feel like they're getting so much more from it than me just saying, this is what you have to do. Like, this is how you navigate these conversations. Like, how are, how are you guys navigating these conversations? It's just so crazy when, when you step back for them to have the, the mic in and take control of, of that. And you guys are focusing on 14 to 18 year olds? Yep, our Empowered Youth programming is uh, uh, pretty much 14 to 18. We have a few uh, that are a little older that kind of help mentor the young kids. Um, but yeah, yeah right in that group. So, so can you take us through kind of a, like a sample week of what it would be like for one of these young men to be part of Project Onyx? Like, what does that look like on a day-to-day -day basis in terms of their exposure to you guys and what they're doing? I'm gonna take that one, B. Right. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So, um, yeah, so right now we have two classes a week, um, just due to school and everything like that. Um, but basically they come in, um, and we just hang out, we talk, of course, COVID protocols, right? You know, got your mask on, wash your hands, you know, take your temperature, all that stuff. Um, but they hang out, they just talk and chat a little bit. We catch up, just joke around. Uh, once pretty much everyone's in the building, everyone's here, um, we have a whiteboard and the whiteboard's usually turned around. Once they come out, we'll flip the whiteboard. The whiteboard will start off with discussions, um, topics. Um, just this past week, we talked about life. In that topic, it was, um, marriage, business, uh, or relationship, business, um, knowledge, it was travel, it was, um, spirituality, spirituality, like it was like everything in stages of life. It was like, have you thought about these things? Have you processed any of this? And we just get the feedback from the kids. Some of the things, of course, they're not really, um, they don't dive into, they don't talk about, but it was just kind of like, why these things are important to be thinking about now and be thinking about why, you know, um, I was telling them, I was like, a lot of people are Christian just because their parents are Christians. They have no clue about the Bible, what it stands for, 
they just know as a kid, my mom was a Christian. I went to church. We read the Bible, whatever we pray to God. That's just kind of the flow of it uh, rather than figuring out, is this me? Is Christianity me? Or do I believe in something else? Or do I have? So it was just kind of like we have these discussions and these topics, these crazy topics where we just get into life and let these kids just vent, talk about things. Um, once we get done with that, we go into a basic warm up. We stretch out. We tell them why we're stretching out. Hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we got planned for today. But we just kind of move the body, get the blood flowing, a lot of stretching, a lot of mobility work, um, different things like that, of course. Pat is a, a physical therapist, so he's more into the movement and prepping and stuff like that. These kids are young. They're just like, let me get up and go. But um, due to being a CrossFit gym, we we go through a thorough stretching session. And then after that, we usually do a Metcon or strength um, or strength and Metcon or skill strength and Metcon, depending on what the date holds. But we do some type of workout um, where they'll be like last this past week, they weightlifted. They, they basically went over the snatch, hang snatch, working on technique, mechanics, all the little ins and out of it, teaching them. And then the older guys, as Pat was talking, the ones that are a little bit older, you know, I'll break off to the side with them and be like, hey, watch this of this person. And this is how we correct it with simple cues or whatever it may be. Just giving them that information. We'll go through a workout after the workout um, is over. Uh, we usually will eat. We'll feed them um, some something, whether it be pizza, whether it be you know, apples, oranges, bananas, granola bars, snacks. They just basically, they have a, a refrigerator here that is just food. Just it's theirs whenever they come in and they can take it home. They can eat it here or whatever. A lot of them come from like wrestling um, or different practices. So they're hungry. So we just make sure everybody eats. After that, we cut the music up. We dance, kick it, hang out, just spend some time together, talk one-on-one -on -one about, you know, if someone has any concerns or anyone needs any help outside of here, um, Patrick always reaches out to the kids and talks about that's like his field of like school and education. What are you doing in school? How are your classes going? Do you need a mentor? Do you need help? Do I need to like work with you outside of class? And um, that's kind of Patrick's field. Um, and yeah, and that's pretty much the day of how a day flows with the classes. Um, we usually have between on Tuesdays, we have between five to eight kids. And then on Saturdays, we probably see 12 to 15 um, on Saturdays. And yep, that's just a class of how the flow goes. And then once we get done, they pack it up, they clean up the whole facility, and then they head out. So where did you come up with the name Project Onyx? Uh, when we first uh, thought about this idea, Elijah was like, all right, just come up with the name and then we could keep rolling from there because it was something that we could easily start like marketing. We can come up with a logo really easily and then we could start uh, putting it on social media. And it didn't take me long. I don't know how I came up with it like in a day, but um, it was really just knowing that what we were trying to work on was, was a project. It was something that was like so much bigger than anything that me and Elijah had thought of before. And we knew that it was something that was going to take so many different people and different perspectives to get done and probably something that's just going to be ongoing. Um, so that's kind of where the name project came out of. And then Onyx was uh, mostly just inspired by the uh, black Onyx, which is a, a precious gemstone, um, just to represent our main mission of working with people of color, especially black Americans is kind of like our primary demographic. Um, and then I presented that to Easy, and then he, he did a little bit more research into 
the onyx stone and and what it was about to get a, a little bit more sense of what it could give us uh as far as inspiration um and he found that uh the onyx stone it can come in a bunch of colors but when you look at black onyx and you actually dive deep into what it actually looks like it's a combination of all the colors and the result is a black stone um which is something that not a lot of people know about that is like this is this kind of represents what we're about is diversity, inclusion, and bringing people together and bringing the community into one more cohesive piece. Uh, so it just ended up uh, being very uh, <clears throat> fundamental to our message. And then also uh, we were uh, kind of fortunate enough that uh, Elijah's wife, Yana, created her own business, uh, Jewelry, yeah. called Onyx and Maze at the yeah. same exact time. Um, yeah. So it's just like, oh yeah, that's, that's awesome. It was it was perfect timing because uh, she was coming up with names and uh, our gym colors are black and yellow. Um, and uh, she was like Onyx and Maze, and I was like, ooh, that rings a bell. I like that. And I was like, Maze, why Maze? And she was explaining Maze is you know black and yellow or whatever. And I was like, ooh, I was like, that's that's sweet. And so we, I was like, um, Onyx, Onyx is a black gym, right? And we looked it up and started doing some stuff on it. And once you com combine every color possible, the only outcome color that you will get is black. And that is the onyx stone. It's comprised of a ton of different minerals and colors. Um, and it comes into a black stone. So when he messaged me and said, Project Onyx, I was like, bro, that's it. Like, that's it. We just did. We just launched Onyx and Maze. And now we got Project Onyx. I was like, that's it, man. So it was a perfect name and great timing. That's incredible. So what are a couple of the barriers you guys are facing reaching out to the, the youth that are, that need your services? Uh, I think we're, we're focusing on a few things right now. Uh, the time up until now has just been focusing on our core group and really giving them as much as we can and making sure that Project Onyx is set up for success in the future. But the big thing is, is the space. Like we're, we're just functioning out of Easy's gym and our, our next initiative in, in regards to that is getting other gyms on board uh, to run Project Onyx as well. The more space that we have, the more volume of people that we can work with. Um, and then we also talked about it earlier was uh, just reaching out to our local public schools that have a larger uh, population of BIPOC students that we can reach out to. And really, I mean, we don't really care who you are if you want to come hang out with us. But for sure, a big part is we need to help people that are underserved, that come from marginalized communities and ethnicities and races um, and try to do that as best we can. So we, we need more space and we need more access to different kids. And we've been so lucky with the kids that we have because they're the ones that bring the new ones like me and Easy don't talk at some Des Moines public school. Like we tell them, bring your friends. If they have any inkling of interest, bring them around and, and we will show them uh, the hospitality that, that we show everybody else. So um, yeah, it's just reaching out. And now, now we're, we're starting to get into those and we're starting to show more people who we are and more people are, are getting on board with, with our culture and our message, so yeah. I saw you did a big fundraiser with uh, O2. Yeah. Uh, and they uh, they raised some money with, for you guys uh, with the sale of Formula O2. Are you guys looking at other business partnerships? Uh, 
yeah, in the future, um, for sure, with Project Onyx. Um, we did with O2 because um, I, I work with O2 personally. They sponsor me. And so um, uh, I just thought it would be best. They've been super supportive of just everything, man. Every idea I bring to them or every idea I'm like, they're just like, yep, yep, yep. Whatever you need, easy, yep, yep. So um, that was something where I was just like, hey, man, I think this could be a way that we can help fund Project Onyx. And so um, when we first kicked off, my biggest thing with Project Onyx was the the capital side of things. Like, like I, I want to make money. I want to provide small businesses for these kids so that they can have a place to work, simple things that they can create their own brands, learn how to do it, whether it be coding, whether it be um, marketing, whether it be social media or whatever it may be. Um, I just want to create small businesses for these kids so that they can start actually learning how to own their own, build their own, create their own, and just have that space where they can create and, and at the end of the day, you know, make money to take care of themselves as they get older and stuff like that. Um, and so my thing was if I can basically raise $100,000 this year was the goal. And I didn't want to just get donations or grants. Um, I wanted to actually raise it by partnering up with companies and businesses, letting them give us a, like a one day of like O2 did the one day of proceeds. So all orders that came in on that day, we got the uh, we got 20 percent or like 10 percent of all orders that came in that day. Um, and we just marketed it and pubbed it, pushed it on my social media, things like that. Um, and that was a way that people that said, hey, I want to support Project Onyx don't feel like, oh, I'm just giving my dollars away and I don't get anything in return. And at the end of the day, I really don't know where my money's going. Right. It's like that's the biggest thing. It's like at the end of the day, it's like I want to support this initiative, but I don't know these people and I hope they're doing the right thing, which we are. But like that's the kind of discomfort you get. But if I can say, hey, come get this T-shirt. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll buy that t-shirt because that's supporting the business or that's supporting Project Onyx. And I, at least I at least I leave with something or I get something. And so my thing was let's partner with companies. Let's um, use their platforms to spread the word, one. And then two, be able to make sure people are getting something for the service of Project Onyx. And so right now we want to do a small t-shirt business uh, where we just basically print all our own t-shirts. You know, we take orders and we ship them out from Project Onyx from outside the gym. The kids work it, make money. Um, from working in the Project Onyx thing. And then in the summer, we're going to do a car detailing service um, where basically two days a week, you can bring cars into the gym and the bay doors, you know, vacuum them out, clean them down, everything like that. And these kids can learn how to work, make money, and then provide a service to make money and fund Project Onyx um, and fund themselves as, as well. And so um, along with partnering with other businesses, that's the other side of things. As we raise money and as we build more, more capital and revenue into Project Onyx. It's like give these kids opportunity to monetize the things that they're thinking. It's like, hey, I got this cool idea. Well, it's like, well, how can we monetize it? Let's see if we can, you know, create something from what we got and then you can be over it and we can reach out to other people that can intern or shadow or you can work with to learn this part of the business so that you can create your own, have your own, build your own. Um, and that's a big thing for me, especially with young black youth where, um, I mean, my name's Elijah Muhammad, man. You can imagine sometimes how it is for me getting a job or filling out an application. You know, it's just like, uh, we're going to push this one to the back. And these are things that I just noticed as I got older and um, as I saw, you know, no reputation. You know, it, it may be harder for me to get a job, you know, 
um, due to the fact that I do have a reputation, people know who I am. I'm only trying to apply for jobs where I got an inside connection anyway, or, or talk to someone that I got an inside connection. But just imagine, you know, a, a kid named M.A. Mokiza. It's like just off his name, he may not apply or get the job, you know, even though he has all the qualifications. And these are the things that we're dealing with in the black community. Um, just because his hair is twisted up and you don't understand and you've never seen someone with their hair twisted up. It's like, he may not get that job opportunity. So it's like, let me show you something of how I did what I did and create your own and have your own just in case. I still want you to get that job. I still want you to be an engineer. I still want you to push forward and break those barriers, but I still want you to know how to create your own, how to build your own, how to manage your own money and, and have something uh, that is a side of what you want to go for your career job or goal. Because at the end of the day, this might actually be your career job um, if you continue to grow it and build it. So that's the biggest thing for me um, with Project Onyx. Um, as we break these barriers, is raising the money and finding a way to get the funds and create that $100,000 for this year so that we can attack all the little things that we have listed and down between me, Patrick, and the kids of Project Onyx, the organization. It's funny you mentioned about the T-shirts because... Uh, you know, I've been a follower of you for, for a long time and your t-shirts that you put have been putting out are awesome. And they <laughs> always go to good causes. Like you, yeah. you had the black lives matter. Um, you had the equality shirts, the save the children, um, yep. all of that. And so that's a really cool, like foray into what you're doing now with the kids. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. Thank, thanks to my wife for those. She's uh, she comes up with all those different ideas of like, what should we do for this t-shirt? What should we do for this teacher? Um, she knows I'm very, very outspoken and, um, you know, that's just how I am. So she basically was like, well, you already got a website and you already sell your lift heavy often t-shirts. So why don't you just sell t-shirts? And I was like, perfect, let's do it. And so um, she's been coming up with different ideas and then uh, finding different organizations that align with our beliefs and our household and what we, um, should be trying to raise it, donate to. And we ended up raising about $15,000 this year um, in donations, which was, I mean, like I was, I was blown away because I had never, had never done that. I had never, you know, did anything for a cause like that. So I was super excited and, um, you know, told my kids about it and, you know, what we were doing. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a big thing for me. So uh, after doing that in the t-shirts, it was just like, why not continue? Why not continue to do this. And like I said, you pay for something, you get something out of it, and now you're supporting the cause. I ordered my equality shirt a couple days ago. It hasn't come in yet, but it's on its way. <laughs> hey girl. Yeah, we I would love that. I love that design. So, yeah. so Elijah and Patrick, what can people do that are listening now? What's the best way for them to help you guys if they're not local to the Des Moines area and maybe if they're not people of color? So two things that I would say, one is you can spread the word as you see us post, you can repost, share, um, tag different friends and post stuff like that uh, with Project Onyx just to spread the word. If you have any connections of anyone that, you know, or donors or, um, you know, grant writers or anything like that, whatever it may be, um, you can put us in touch with those people. Like just create those relationships um, and just kind of put us in touch with the people that you know, maybe can help support us or maybe align with what we are doing. Um, and then on the other thing, we're about to get the t-shirt business up on Project Onyx, um, just support, buy t-shirts. The kids are gonna work, they're gonna print the t-shirts, they're gonna make them, everything like that. Um, and so basically that gives them another job opportunity. Um, and then the last thing would be when the time is right, affiliate. 
be a Project Onyx gym. If you're a CrossFit gym and you're trying to help diversify your gym, be a Project Onyx gym, we will have certain stipulations to help the Black community to, um, to create job opportunities for people to work for Project Onyx and for the gym um, so that you can diversify your facility, your gym, um, and make it actually more inclusive of what we are looking for in the future in the fitness industry and the CrossFit space too. So that's your long-term goal is to affiliate across the country? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We have a couple of people that are interested already and we're building uh, processes to, to start that as soon as we can. And uh, If you're a health and fitness professional, you could send us a message and you could apply for our mentorship program. Uh, we're accepting everybody, no matter what background you come from. Um, we we want to give these kids that we're working with every opportunity to access anybody and everyone um, that might have something to contribute to to their lives. So um, yeah, donate, reach out to us, even just say guys, like, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to ask, uh, do you think you guys are going to be opening this up to young women as well? It, it, are, it already is. Okay. Um, yeah, right now we, um, I mean, it's two men that run it. So I guess, like you said, through that representation, they see two men and you know, but we already, um, we have one girl that is a part of Project Onyx and we have two days on our board. And as we continue to grow and, you know, put them, as, as you say, show the representation by putting them on our platform and using them, I'm pretty sure more women will come in, sign up and do it and join us. Um, but right now it is like a little boys club. And when girls come in, they're kind of like, ah, oh. and we see, we saw probably six total. Um, one of them have stayed and she's with us and um, she loves it. She's that outlier where she's like, I don't care if it's a group of boys, I'm coming in to work out, I'm coming in to train and, you know, she has fun. But um, yes, we are looking across the board, uh, mm -hmm. men and women that can join Project Onyx um, and, and affiliate and do the program. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, it's, tough to, it's tough to get girls sometimes. I know that um, yeah. here in Delaware, um, I have a close connection with the folks that run Project um, or Green Bray Project, sort of a similar you know, thing where underserved youth and they have trouble getting girls because, yeah. you know, they don't have a lot of female coaches um, that can sort of attract them and things like that. So it's always, uh, it's always a challenge, but it's great you guys are open to that. We actually have um, something in the works right now to create an onboarding process for young females to get uh, a good sense of what Project Onyx looks like. So it, it would be a females only onboarding class. Um, so that they can get a sense of Project Onyx and then we integrate them into the normal classes as they get more comfortable. Um, it would be led by our treasurer who uh, <coughs> is a member of Easy's Gym and she's a, a black female that is super um, ambitious and, and aspires to be, uh, be the one that they can rely on as well. So her and our, our young lady that is in our Empowered Youth Programming are gonna actually be leading the way for, for that class. So. That's awesome. And easy. What's the name of your affiliate? Uh, we're, we're not affiliated right now. So okay. soon to what's be the name back of your gym? unorthodox fitness. Um, it will be unorthodox fitness, uh, home of CrossFit unorthodox. Got it. Yeah, we, we are, we are going to reaffiliate. Um, been talking to Eric, Eric, and, uh, I'm loving what he's doing and the initiatives that he's pushing, man. Um, so we will be back under that CrossFit umbrella very, very soon. That's great to hear. Well, easy. Patrick, you guys are amazing. This was an awesome hour. Uh, so glad you gave us your time. Um, I have more questions for you guys. I'd love to have you back in the future. 
and maybe we can see where you're at then and yep. uh and give updates to our to our fans once they once you guys get down the road a little bit yeah for sure yeah, definitely awesome well thanks so much for being here yes, yes thank you had a good time you guys have, have a good day, night guys. thank you you too Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.